on, DJ Nation. Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for, I already forgot the name of the tournament, so you know it's going to be a good week. It is the Rocket Mortgage Classic. There we go. Got it back. We don't play, the, I haven't played this tournament that much, so it's still sort of new in my head. Of course, as usual, I'm here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tampley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Hot start, Kenny. Love to see it. Going to be a good one. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about Keegan. Talk about everything as usual. And then, of course, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Got some good names up top. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. If you haven't yet done so, jump over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Prize picks and plays all different ways. Check it out now. Prizepicks.com. Promo code MMN. Kenny, Keegan Bradley. I don't know where, man, they always say he's from here. It's his hometown. He's, he's from all those places on the, on the East Coast. But uh, incredible win, emotional win. The kids were there, the family. Second win. I believe it still counts as this season, right, that he gets his second W for the year. So uh, just a crazy event to win. Zach Blair moving up the board, getting a little 1.8 milli paycheck. But uh, what did you think of the event? What are your first thoughts? Talking about the Travelers recap. I didn't get to watch too much of the first three days. I had some stuff to do, but I did watch the final round a bunch. And, you know, Keegan wanted to give it away uh, <laughs> at the end. But at one point in time, he had a six-stroke lead going into the back nine. Uh, you know, Cantley was probably as close as contender, but Cantley missed, I think, three putts inside of seven feet uh, in the last six holes uh, or so. He makes those three, and it's a ball game, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, because Keegan sort of well, – Becky was trying to give it away with that water ball on 13. Uh, I think he had like three bogeys in his last six holes. Uh, but he ends up getting it done for his second win of the year. Uh, it's funny. We've seen two guys from the team no putt squad win in the last month and a half uh, with Grio and, and Keegan. And what you've noticed with those two guys is you got you already know ball striking wise, those two are some of the best uh, out there for the past years. But you've seen improvement in their putting uh, as the year had gone on. <clears throat> I mean, there was a stretch and Greer was putting lights out. Um, same with Keegan, uh, especially in his last, like, 24 rounds. Uh, so, you know, anytime you see a, an elite ball striker getting that flat stick, um, you know, uh, in position, you know, at, getting that flat stick to work, uh, for a four days for for more than a four day stretch, just event after event, you know, when it gets sort of hot like that, you got to pay attention. I did not. I had zero Keegan, uh, but it worked out good because I did have Harmon, one of my cash game cornerstones, um, Cantlay, one of my cash game cornerstones. They finished second and fourth. I had Reavy in my cash lineup. I'm pretty sure Tambo hit the each way. You did put the each way on that, right, Tambo? Oh, yeah, and got very okay. lucky on that. Okay, great. Go ahead. Great. So, so Tambo got the each way uh, on the Reavy hit. I used him in cash. So really easy week, even with the Fleetwood miscut, which I did not see coming. Uh, you know, the guy's top five and most top fives this season, which I didn't believe uh, until I saw it this week. Uh, and then uh, he went and missed the cut in the course that I thought he could do well on. Uh, but we take it. We're fine. Cash game cornerstones are strong. Had a couple of lineups in like the top 500 going into Sunday. I think one finished like 150th. Uh, so there was you know, some little sweat uh, in the GPP. But overall, a good week. Um, You know, uh, pretty easy course. Roy talked about it. Bitching about how easy it is. Uh, always bitching Roy. You got to love bitching Roy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, he wasn't the biggest fan. I think the biggest winner is that fucking Versa Odyssey putter. 
which I think Ricky used, Keegan used, somebody else used a couple of weeks ago at the U.S. Open as well. That was in near the top of the leaderboard. Uh, I was on eBay today. And the I saw, winner, Wyndham Clark. There you go. There you go. Used it I, better I, than Ricky. That was the, yeah. the joke going down the yeah, stretch. I, I saw a couple of those on sale for eBay for eighteen hundred dollars uh, this week. So definitely gaining popularity. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fine event. Uh, Birdie Birdie Fest is going to be fine. We need them every now and then. It felt like we haven't had one in a while. Um, and one time, you know, and one one guy we're going to talk about today, Justin Thomas. Uh, I was looking over like his slump, and it was just all on fucking difficult ass, hard ass courses where he sucked. Once you hit the easy course, he went off. Uh, for my rankings, he's number one on easy courses on Birdie Fest. So maybe that's all he needed to get out of a slump. Uh, just to go out and play an easy Birdie Fest course where, you know, the scoring was a lot higher, a lot lower this year just because of how soft it was. You're basically going to see the same exact conditions uh, this week uh, at, at Rocket Mortgage. You know, they've had a shit ton of rain uh, this season. They It's raining heavily today. I think they had two inches this past weekend. Uh, raining hard today. It's going to be soft. Uh, it's going to be a birdie fest again. And it's going to be Bent Poa blend again. So I think you can get garner a little bit from guys who played last week. Maybe a smidge more than usual. Um, anything else about last week that, uh, you know, that you're interested in? Maybe an Eagle Fest this week when we get there. Actually, maybe even more than a birdie fest, but you'll know, get the four par fives now. But just a note for the Keegan Truthers that'll come at me because it was in our Discord today and someone said it and I laughed. It's like this is what I was trying to say. Yes, it was, you know, it's close by, but they, when he's it's in Boston, it's even closer. When it's in New York, it's just as close. The distance of Keegan's hometown to TPC River Highlands is the same distance as Keegan's hometown to the Montreal President's Cup that we'll be watching next year live. So just to give an idea, like it, it's all reality of what what they want to give. Oh, the hometown kid, whatever. It's definitely hometown still. But I'm saying well, they were saying really... the same shit about Cam Young, right? The PGA yeah, they do. That's, that's and he was like right? 400 miles away. It was like a five-hour they, they drive. Every area he's in his they're in, they're in his hometown. But yes, either way, you know, solid event. Some of the stuff, right? Quick, just you mentioned it, the Keegan story is good. Can't lay down the stretch. Uh, Revi, going back to that real quick, because I did hit the 400 to one top five each way. Revi. I got split up because he couldn't do any better. It was top like six guys up in the top five. So I got split up because of that. And man, Reeby only ended up losing by four strokes. He, he didn't make a birdie to what? 13 or 14. Like he yeah, made he, pars he and was, two bogeys. He was the only guy who was over par for the day. He was two over through something like 13 or 14. Like, man, talk about a realistic shot to the guy that had won it. We wanted to t- talk about the, uh, the chess cake factory or cheesecake chess. I was trying to, get the titles going there. I thought this was definitely uh, an interesting spot. I could get them. And uh, at 401, it was, it ended up being worth it. Uh, Smalley just cost me the, the each way there. I actually had some good long shots. They're up in the mix last week. So I'll take the Reavy one, but yeah, not much else with this event. Can't lay like you said, a little bit about Rory uh, who had another good week. Uh, You know, the craziest stat that I saw was that he was even par on the par threes and par fives with like, seven holes to go on Sunday. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? And what did he finish? 18 under? He finished basically almost, you know, top five, top ten uh, for the week, and he was even par uh, on the par fives and the par threes with like seven holes left to play. And that's for the whole week. 
yeah. uh, up until the last seven. I think he did birdie one par three and one par uh, five in his last seven holes uh, to get to minus one maybe for the week on both. But I mean, you know, eight par fives at a course like this, you would expect him to be at least five under, right? Wouldn't you think? Like, and that that's giving him like the benefit of the doubt. Him and JT uh, though were very similar in that aspect where neither of them, they, they, you have one bad day at a place like this and you're not really in the mix. I mean, Reavy had his bad day on the last day, but that just drops him back because others had their bad day there. Like he, he got away with it a little, but he still lost by four strokes. But you, to your point, Scheffler, Rory, JT, those guys, uh, Ricky, same thing. It just, you're, you're one good day away. Ricky had the 60, almost 59 and doesn't even finish in the top 10 by the end yeah. of the you know, Scheffler was second in strokes gained tee to green uh, for the week, and that dropped his average for the year. Yeah. I don't know. Tried to <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, man. He was second in the field for the week in strokes gained tee to green, and that dropped his strokes gained tee to green average for the season. He's absolutely destroying over the – like the last six months, it goes even – you know, it's still there. It's incredible. But the last three months, it's just dominant. He's losing almost half a stroke with the putter. There's nobody even close to that until you get down to Colin Morikawa, who's losing just like a point point one with the putter. This guy, Scotty's losing almost point four with the the putter, and someone's like, "Oh, That's he's every not that round, bad. right? Per round, right? This is this is the average over the three. This is the numbers over the three month period where he's gaining in ball striking, like T to green. He is light years ahead of everybody, um, a stroke better than all these guys up at the top, a stroke and a half almost. And then on that, it's just it, it is all putters, just the way it goes. We've seen the numbers. Uh, Rom, by the way, missing his first cut since the 2021 Fortinet Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone said he was going to be showing up at Valderrama this week. He got the live event there, but didn't happen. So uh, I don't know. I mean, just, he could still show up. He could. He's, yeah, I don't he's think not he playing. He's no. not playing. That's true. You know, <laughs> he could still support the, the tournament if he really wanted to, uh, since it is in his home country and yeah. he can go watch Sergio. I mean, it's definitely possible, uh, but he ain't playing it. Uh, that's he didn't for sure. join Liv. He didn't join Liv. But no, no. last thing, dispel this right now because look, Bradley, Harmon, Reavy, yes. But like people trying to say, oh, Rory course history and Xander course history. Xander finished like 20th, man, like 21st or something. It wasn't like, what is that's not course history. He won it the year before. He made the cut and did okay. Rory has always finished like 19th and 17th when he played here, and you pay a full premium price for him. There's like, I told this one I tried to say last week. Will there be guys that had great course history show up here? Yes, they did. Bradley, Reavy, and Harmon continued their course history dominance from long term. But overall, if you take like the top 25 guys, it is not laced with course history. There's plenty of guys that had horrible course history here or none at all. We talk about Decky not even playing it, showing up and getting a T13. Talk about all these other guys. So, it is tougher to, to account for it to my original point from last week, just to go back to it is that in these designated events with the elevated fields, will there always be someone with course history that shows up? Yes. Cause there's always going to be somebody in the mix. But to me, it was not course history heavy in the top. Like Twitter is trying to tell you or certain stuff there. I, I, I definitely would continue to not account for it moving forward as your only thing. Harmon to your point in cash game cornerstones. I get it. Made sense. 7,500 bucks literally top 10 here a bunch and was a good fit for the course anyway that I can see it. But it, it wasn't prevalent to me beyond that, just to, to note, like the guys that are good at golf showed up and, and some guys that had a good week showed up. And we will talk about that, Kenny, for this week, because a lot of the guys that profile well for this course at the Rocket Mortgage Classic do not putt well. 
But could they putt well this week? Yes, they could. And if they do, they're going to put up a lot of birdies and eagles and streaks and scoring for DraftKings and be really good plays. So I just think that's one last takeaway that we'll actually be able to apply over to this week. Speaking of Morikawa, um, I heard a stat. I think it was Kyle Porter. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, that he said that um, Tina Green, Morikawa is having a better year this year than he did last year. Pure numbers wise, I I didn't check up on it. I just I just saw it recently, and I, that seems surprising to me, uh, just a little bit because of you know the fact that he hasn't really been playing that well in our eyes. But Tita Green, uh, he's actually uh, better than he was last year. So I can see in weird. certain events that I remember in my head, but also I think too some of the stuff with the, I guess the negativity around more account. Not really that we're being negative towards him, but just we're always analyzing and going over these things is also the fact that like we don't give him as much credit this year even though he blew like a five-stroke lead that would have added a win to his record there, there's other stuff that goes with it where you're like ah the injury thing the withdraw memorial the guy was two strokes back like you, you never know how his season could look differently and that's what happens with these elite golfers i kind of love the the little nugget you had there that i called a tidbit around the justin thomas thing if you're looking to break a slump do it do it on an easy course right don't expect it at the U.S. Open, I mean, yeah, let's let's like talk it. about JT real quick and the slump uh, that he went that you know he has been going through. If you look at his numbers, okay, so he finished night top ten at the Travelers, easy course, but he missed a cut at the U.S. Open, hard course. Memorial missed a cut, hard course. PGA Championship, sixty fifth, hard course. Wells Fargo, he did top fifteen, that was another hard course. Um, Heritage, you know, not that difficult, finished twenty fifth. Masters, difficult course and missed the cut so when it comes and then players tough course finished 60th like if you look at his thing he just hasn't been playing well on difficult courses uh that you know that also brings in the competition uh with the designated event and, and then a higher likelihood of playing against the best players in the world um and so maybe that's all he needed uh because i mean his iron game this past week was the best it's been since uh Valspar 2022. He gained mm-hmm. 7.2 strokes uh with his irons, you know, this past week. 11 strokes T to green. Of course, he still lost strokes putting. Uh and you know, that's just gonna happen with him. But to me, it looks like he got himself on an easy course, got his mind right, and, and did what he had to do. I like him again this week. Uh and it's, you know, at that price, 10k. Uh, we'll get to it a little bit more, but again, you know easy course he's if you look at the models when you when you put in the easy course either on cups corner or or the the green machine or on fantasy national or ship it.com any of those uh you put that in and the man's going to be the number one ranked golfer uh in the field when it comes to birdie fest so maybe that's all it took for him Uh, anything else before we move on no i think that was a good call i think uh he's also a guy that's big momentum guy so if you make a few birdies and you start feeling it Someone mm-hmm. like him just fires away, and if it starts going your way, that, that can really be something like what we saw this past week where it just continues from there. So uh, interesting takeaway for when we get to this week. And then we'll look at that because it's funny. I have a different – I have a model for the Rocket Mortgage Classic that did pretty good last year that I'm looking at now. And actually, JT doesn't pop in it. But again, it's because also you look at if I didn't turn on easy courses on top of my stats and double down or – the fact that how bad he's played at some of the uh, harder events, like you said, makes it a little bit more difficult to read. So I'll, I'll switch it over when you're talking, but 
Give us a, give us the course preview. You want to do listener league first? Yeah, let's do a listener league. Let's talk about the listener league. I think it's a 1250 again this week. We were yep. short last week. I think it might've been the first one where we were short, maybe the first or second this were season we? where we, yeah, we did not fill it. Uh, no. I, I, I'm pretty sure we did not fill it. It must've been by like 20 people then. Let me see. Uh, I'm looking at it now. It says we were full. Let me see. Yeah. You go ahead. Talk about the other. No, we were 60 spots short. Oh, okay. That's why then I missed that. Cause it shows. We were 60 shots of spots short. So let's go ahead and get that filled as early as possible. So we can keep getting these, you know, large amounts, uh, uh, entries, make it, you know, 1200. And the thing is like, you know, the way that it was, um, priced out, I mean, with the winners, you were looking at, you know, very little difference, like for, first place, 500, second place, 400, third place, 300, very, very flat payout, which is something that, you know, everyone likes to see. So go ahead, jump on that. It's out right now. Click the button, get your three in. Go ahead and join it. Our listening league winner from last week was D.D. Eloria. All right. I think it's a, his avatar is him riding his cat. <laughs> I think that's what it looks like to me. I don't know. I don't have the best vision, but it looks like he's mounting and riding his cat. Uh, so D.D. Eloria uh, started with Scheffler, uh, who was 27% owned, finished in fourth place again. Uh, Shane Lowry, who had a pretty good Sunday, um, finished 20th, um, finished in 19th. He was 6% owned. Russell Henley, uh, 26% owned. Uh, he really made up for it on uh, Sunday with a, what, a 63, finished 19th as well. Uh, Keegan Bradley, he had the winner, who was not 8% owned. Uh, Brian Harmon, one of our cash game cornerstones, um, he was uh, 13% owned. He finished in second. And Austin Eckroat, uh, 14% owned. He finished in 24th. What'd you think of the lineup? I loved it. Another good one, actually. Uh, go over it a couple of quick quick things that I saw. One was not who you play, it's how you play him. Russell Henley, Chalk, Scheffler, Chalk. You knew that was two of the biggest, highest owned guys on the slate. Uh, two of the biggest ownership spots that you had to look at and see what you could do with them. Did just fine with them. And it's not like Henley you know, scored a million, but 98 is still great for that price. But instead of deciding between Henley and Bradley, put both. Uh, the setup of the lineup, Scheffler skipped the entire 9 and 10K range. There's a ton of FOMO in doing that. We talk about it all the time. There's a bunch of names in there you could click. Went to Lowry, who was $100 more than Siwoo Kim and $200 more than uh, Tom Kim or vice versa. They were 8 and 80, 100 for those two. Skipped that and got the 5% owned Lowry right above it. And then four 7K guys, no 6K. So I like the lineup construction. Getting away from that FOMO, moving off the chalk 8K guys when you already have Henley in there with a chalk piece up top. And then lastly, the common setup we see, Kenny, all the time. Two guys above 20%, Scheffler and Henley. Two guys in the teens, Harmon and Eckroat. And two guys under 10%, Bradley and Lowry. Very good lineup all around. It'll be a challenge in the three-man this week. But shout out to D. Delora, the cat rider, that we're going to see in the three-man this week and get him into the Tournament of Champions as well. Already joined that. Today, I saw, and we'll continue it on, like Kenny said, $12.50 for this week, $5 three max, same balance payout structure. We fixed it. It's almost 17% paid. Talked about this last week. It got We fixed it last week. It's the same this week. So almost 17% gets paid. Last place gets double your money. You put in your three entries, you cash one. You're only down five bucks. How much it cashes for can get you in the profit. But if you cash multiple, you're in the money. So definitely one of the best tournaments out there to check out. Reduced rake is only around nine or 10% or so. So 
check it out. Go on my Twitter or the FG Degenerates Twitter and get the link there. All right, it sounds good. Let's get to this week. Um, the PGA Tour has Detroit Rock City, Michigan for the Rock and Mortgage Classic from Detroit Golf Club. Uh, this is the fifth iteration of this event, so we're starting to get a feel uh, as to how the course plays. The first two years were an absolute birdie fest. Nate Lashley won by six strokes with a score of minus 25 in 2019. The course was wet and soft due to frequent rain leading into the event. And while the rough was at about three and a half inches, it didn't stop golfers from breaking out the big stick off the tee. Um, You're going to see very, very similar uh, weather conditions this week. Soft, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, moisture in the air. That's the way it's going to be. Expect a freaking shootout. Birdie barrage. Uh, this week. Two years ago, Bryson and Matt Wolf torched the course. 11 golfers shot minus 15 or better. Um, you know, two years ago, um, the win was up. Uh, and the winner was still minus 18. I think it was Cam Davis. And more than half the people that made the cut finished double digit under par. This is with 20 to 25 mile per hour gusts. Basically, the whole week. The whole weekend. Um, now, uh, last year, now I think he wanted 26 under par. So yeah, we're going to get birdies. We're going to get eagles. We need scoring this week. That's what we're going to need. Uh, of course, like I said, there's been a fair amount of rain this summer. Um, it looks like it's been stormy this week as well. Expect super soft conditions. Usually in these type of events, you know, um, uh, a hot putter gets the job done. So this causes like a lot of volatility, a lot of volatility. Uh, basically this event is wide open and long shots are definitely in play uh, when considering how short the course is. Bombing it's going to help. We've seen last year with Bomber filled. We have the Bryson Wolf years, shit ton of Bombers. But then again, we have Lashley uh, out there who won uh, the first year. You've had Spawn who's played well here in the past. Uh, Troy Merritt, another guy who's played well here year in and year out. Not the longest of guys. Um, so, you know, the par four is only an average around 420 yards in length. And with two shortest par threes and par fives, short knockers and hot putters, solid wedge game, they're still in play. Uh, but you do give just a little, you do give the little bit of uh, advantage to the long guys uh, off the tee. But I would not just specifically target those guys only. Uh, you know, this course is easy enough where it brings freaking everybody into play. Um, now, uh, Detroit Golf uh, Detroit Golf Club was designed by Donald Ross, has the usual trademarks of a Ross course, tree-lined fairways, fairway bunkers and tee shot landing zones, undulating fairways and greens, and a somewhat even blend of longish and shorter holes. Uh, the course is a 7,300-plus 7, yard par 72 with four par threes, four par fives. Two of the par fives are around 550 yard range and should be reached in two by most golfers that hit the fairways off the tee. The par five 17th a bit longer at 577 yards, but still should be reachable in two with a strong drive. The par five fourth hole is well over 600 yards, probably be a three shot hole for most. Uh, Two of the par threes are on the shorter side and two are well over 200 yards. Seven of the par fours range from 395 to 455 yards. Two range from 465 to 480, and one of the par fours is close to 380 yards. With four par fives and several longer, uh, shorter, uh, longer par fours, I'd expect to see driver pull down on close to half the holes each round. Uh, the average distance off the tee here has been much higher than normal tour events. Off the tee, golfers will see many straight holes. 
not too many dog legs, with average fairway width and fairway bunkers in the landing zones. The fairways have a bit of undulation to them, so approaches will come with awkward stances. And if golfers miss the fairway off the tee, they're going to have to deal with three and a half inch plus rough with some trees. The rough hasn't led to tough scoring conditions as the winning score the last you know, a few years, minus 25, minus 23, minus 18, minus 26. Uh, if golfers miss wildly with their driver, they could catch a break. His drives have missed by like 20 plus yards, could land in fairways on other holes, leading to fairly easy iron shots over the trees. Um, you know, this is something you see a lot on courses where there's not many dog legs, where it's just straight holes. Uh, you know, you, you, you miss wide over the trees, you land in another fairway. That's usually the way it works. Um, now, on approaches, golfers are going to see less than average size greens with bunkers surrounding most of them. The greens slope heavily from back to front, which is another Donald Ross staple, with a stip meter rating of around 12 and a half. Uh, the majority of all approaches will be from inside 150 yards. I'd say from 125 to 175. That's where you're going to see the majority of your approach shots. So, you know, a pretty strong wedge game is going to be needed uh, this week. Wedge and short iron play. Uh, the Poa Bent blended greens have heavy undulation, so it could be a tough putting week for some, depending on how difficult they make the pin locations. If you're looking for correlated courses, Sedgefield and East Lake are the other two Donald Ross courses played every year. Uh, you can also look at TPC River Highlands, like I said last year, which has the same bent Poa greens as Detroit Golf Club. Campbell, what are you looking for in golfers this week? You said Birdie Barrage, Kenny, and I've been making fun of it. Eagle, Eagle Explosion. It's all There's a lot of variants this week, so we're going to have to keep an eye on it. Uh, talk about it all the time. Last week was much of the same. This week we get the four par five, so it's even crazier because the streaks, the eagles, all that's going to change. There's going to be somebody who finishes T39 but scores in the top 20. So it's like that still goes into it as well. So got to take some chances. The one thing I will point, I guess a couple, but one for sure, I mentioned a little bit earlier, almost like the course history thing last week. This week is similar to me, not course history, but where, oh, it's a putting contest. We know this. We need good putters. No, you need who putts good this week. It is good to start. Like, yeah, someone can make putts and you know they can get hot and that's who you could start with. Sure, I'm just saying there's going to be guys at the top of this leaderboard that you're going to say, see good putters, but there's also going to be guys at the top of this leaderboard that usually suck with their putter. You you said, I think you were talking earlier about uh, who, JJ Spawn or something. You mentioned what's his finish this year, 8th, 13th, 32nd, 30th. And then I go look him up on here and... He's actually putted better on easier courses, but if you go to his overall putting, it's it's not the greatest. So just little examples of things like that. I think that's something to keep an eye on. And then one other thing too here that's been pretty prevalent. Last year with Finau, it worked, but I think just looking at it last year. So last year, uh, Ricky Fowler miscut, Max Homa 24th, Tom Kim 7th, Keegan 44th. All the guys that would have been priced up missed. The year before, uh, Homa. Hideki WD, Keegan, only 14th. Oh, I'm just saying all this stuff to say it. And then I remember, what was the year Bryson won? Obviously, he's not going to show up in these results, but he, I think it was 2020, right? Um, do you remember that year? There was like seven guys or eight guys above 9K, and it was only Bryson and I think Matt Wolf or something at a, at a higher price point where it was those are the only two guys that even made the cut. So just because you have more guys up here like Finau, Kawa, Fowler, Homa, all these dudes – and you'll play them and stuff, there's definitely an opportunity here to fade some studs up top because it's just similar to last week. What you saw, you mentioned it earlier, we were, R Rory, you you mentioned it, but Rory did kind of take the nice way out and talk a little bit about equipment and ball rollback and all this other shit. 
And really what he was saying is the same thing John Rahm said when he said it's a fucking putting contest. That's what he's complaining about. Scheffler, T7, T4, Rory, T7, uh, JT, T9, and then Hideki, Xander, Ricky down the board. There wasn't a lot of studs up top. A lot of these guys that just found their putter and made their way through ended up getting up there. It'll be no different this week. So don't, don't feel bad about leaving salary on the table. You don't have to max it out here. And then also don't feel bad about fading some of these studs up top just because they seem like the best play on paper. So I'll get your thoughts on that when we get into these tiers. Let's get to the tiers. Let's start off in this 10K range. We do have Justin Thomas all the way to Tony Finau. How are you going about it this week, Tampa? Finau is going to be popular, I think. Finau and Fowler look to me, at least Kenny, like the guys that will be the most popular. Fowler, no matter how you shake it out on paper, looks good. Uh, you know, you brought even some of the same putting surface stuff you talked about from last week to this week, the ch- almost shot of 59, all those factors. I just don't think the price deters anyone. And then Finau for good reason. Not only the champion from last year, it's easy to spend the money, not even one golfer over 11K. So, th- I mean, that's the first thoughts on who's going to be popular up here. I can see uh, Homa for sure getting squeezed. And interestingly enough, you got me to go pull this stuff up while you were talking, pull up the easy course stuff. He actually pops really well. And Homa is the best putter over the last year of playing easy courses to give you an insight on rounds. I use fantasy national for this. Most of the guys in the top sort of nine K and up range have 20 to 25 rounds that would be considered in this class. He has 19. So it's a fair sample of what everybody else has. He's number three in putting during that time. So just to give you an idea on top of top 10 across the board and other stuff. And I just don't see how people play Homa here when you've got JT looks like he found something. Fowler has been what no worse than an 18th except for the PGA championship where he missed the cut on the number for the last 10 events almost. And then Finau last year's champion. So I think Homa is a pretty interesting tournament play, at least for, for the start of the week up here. Yeah. I mean, like you say, play Homa and Homa courses, three made cuts, a couple of top 25s. I consider this a Homa course. I love him as a pivot off Ricky uh, this week a lot. Uh, now, if I'm thinking that way, Maybe he won't be as maybe he won't be as uh, overlooked as we think because I am the chalk king. Uh, but I like Homa a lot. I'm playing Finau as well. Um, you know, again, defending champion rates out extremely well uh, on easy courses. Uh, gains a lot of strokes when the competition isn't really that strong. And designated events this year, um, you know, he is uh, I think third uh, in minimum four rounds. So it's small sample size, but in 10 rounds uh, in non-designated events, he's gained 30 strokes total uh, in those 10 rounds. Uh, so he's averaging just right around three strokes total uh, gained per round uh, at non-designated events. Uh, Tony Fina, I got that. I'm sorry. I don't know where I got that from. It could be from the Model Maniac. I'm not sure. I apologize, but it was on Twitter. Uh, check my likes because I did like the tweet. Um, and then... um. So, so I'm going to play him. And I like JT. I've already talked about JT. JT and Finau are my two favorite plays. <laughs> I like Homa as a pivot over a very popular Ricky Fowler. Ricky's got to be, you know, running on fumes. Going to go out there. I'm just taking a guess here, uh, you know. But, I mean, like, uh, how long can this run go? You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe this is the week he wins since I'm saying it, and I'm going to fade him because I've been playing a bunch of them here recently. Uh, and, but I like the Homa call a lot. Uh, and then JT, I like, like I said, the easy course thing. Uh, it could be back. I'm a fan. So those are the three guys I'm going to be playing. If I had to rank them, I, I go Finau, JT, Homa uh, I, I, for my top three. Let's go to this 9K range. Not many GPP plays for me here. Um, 
So I think I'm going to go heavy on these these top guys. Maybe do thirty percent, thirty percent, thirty percent on all three of them, which should get me, you know, maybe go thirty five on Finau or uh, JT. It should get me double the uh, double the field uh, on these ownerships, which is what I'm hoping. Uh, and then I'm going to be my highest my highest own play is going to be Hideki. He's also going to be my cash game cornerstone. I rarely ever do that. Almost never, ever, ever do that. We talked about it last week, fantasy golf conservatives. You know, that's the way that I usually go about it. I'm not going conservative this week. Hideki's going to be about 65 to 70% of my bankroll. I'm going to have 45% of them in GPPs. He's going to be in my cash lineup. I have him at 18 to 1. I bet him at 18 to 1. The guy is, you know, hitting the ball off the charts right now. Just needs to get a little bit better with the putter. Um, you know, and, and you can hopefully that happens on a course where, you know, on a birdie fest type course. Uh, uh, one thing about Hideki, since 2015, again, I apologize who had this stat. Oh, it was Sundog Monkey. Sundog Monkey, Martin Matthews had this stat in his write up today. I liked Hideki before. Uh, he was already one of my cash game cornerstones. But when I read this in Martin's article, it it locked him in at, um, in, in GPPs too for me because in 16 appearances at Donald Ross courses since 2005, he has 11 top 15s, 11 top 15s. I think six or five or six top fives uh, at Donald Ross courses uh, since 2015. That's pretty good clip uh, right there. Uh, Really solid at Donald Ross courses. So he's my favorite play on the board. No doubt about it. Once again, he was my favorite play last week. It was okay. 13th. He had a good amount of birdies. I feel it again this week. I'm thinking top five. He can win cash game cornerstone and my highest own in GPPs. Other two guys in my cash game cornerstones are going to be in this level. It's going to be Sungjae and Tom. Now, both Tom and Sungjae ranked top five in this field in the last 50 rounds when it comes to bir- on birdie barrage courses, on birdie fest courses, easy courses. They are top five in strokes gain total, top five in DraftKings points. What we saw from Sungjae last week was the first time he had gained strokes in all five major strokes gain categories in a while. Uh, the last two times he did that, he backed it up with another event where he went all five strokes gain uh, stats in the positive side. Both of them were top tens as well. Um, you know, he, he he catches that little bit of fire and he can take that and sort of goes with them, uh, you know, until he loses it again. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't lose it. It keeps on building. That's why I like Sungjae. Uh, also, the course history here is pretty good uh, when it comes to Sungjae. And I like Tom. Again, he's been showing a little bit more, like I said, when it comes to easiest, easier courses. He is ranked third in strokes game total. Um, you know, in this field in the last 50 rounds, um, second in DraftKings points in the last 50 rounds on easy courses. Uh, this is going to be a birdie fest. He's won at a Donald Ross course before uh, at Sedgefield last year. So those three I'm going to go with because once you get past those three, I think the win, the, the win upside and the talent level drops precipitously uh, maybe Keegan belongs in there too but outside of that a talent level drops a lot uh and I think the win equity drops a lot I want three guys in that 9k and above range that's the way I'm going with it I thought about going with two and then maybe going with somebody um in the 8k range like an Aberg or a Smalley but I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the three big dogs up top 
and then I'm going to go with a punt play. Uh, I like doing that, especially in events where it's very top heavy. And once you get past like the 9,000 range, uh, the field skill level drops tremendously. And that's what I see this week. So that's the way my strategy is going to go in cash. Tambo, who do you like in the 9K range? Yeah, a lot of the same guys that you mentioned. The, the Tom Kim thing you talked about, he actually, in that same example I gave earlier, Kenny, of the rounds, he has 28 rounds. He's got the most of anybody uh, until you actually get down to Steven Yeager, who I'll get to his stats later, and Harmon. But he's got the most of anyone. He's first in birdies or better gained. He's second in tee to green in general. What's the stat again? What's the this, what's is the, the... this is the easy courses they've played that Fantasy National would classify over the last year. Okay. So a little bit longer term to show it. Now you got double because Tom Kim is coming in pretty hot. The week before last, eighth found something. Last week was the 38th. He, him and Sung Jay fell back a little bit last well, week. Well, when it comes to something. Tom, it was three holes. He was like yeah. five, six over on 10, 11, 12 for the week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it was, that's it, what it was. It's still fine. It's just, it doesn't show as good on paper at 38th as what people might think. But to your point, that's what I'm saying. So you got a double down now of that second in par five scoring, second on approach, fifth in Eagles, which is just not a big deal. That's a high variance uh, stat. I'm just saying when you look it up, uh, he's actually had a pretty good run on these easy courses. So just to note on him, gained, Hideki, gained almost 13 strokes with his irons in the last eight rounds. Yeah, he looks fine. I think, um, He'll be no surprise. Like he's he's a guy that makes sense here. Hideki again. By the way, Sung J M Willie Wilcox on the bag. No no secret why he had the good week, right? A little good mojo there with Willie on the bag. Comes back out. He's got him again this week. So we'll see how that works. The only thing I have like Cam Davis and Keegan Bradley both still pop for me. I never really loved the expensive the guy story that gets more expensive off his win. Like Keegan goes from seventy eight up to 92 but he's obviously playing well but we saw it last week it's again different talent maybe but Wyndham Clark makes the cut doesn't have a great week at this tournament last week at the Travelers off a U.S. Open win may not be the same it's not a major I get it but it's still a huge win it's a major for Keegan Bradley it's coming off of you know no matter what you think he was saying like making fun of the hometown thing in front of his fans chanting his name and then also uh you know three what is it 3.6 mil or 3.2 mil it's a big boy score for him to win that event. So I don't know what it's going to be like I'm, for him. I'm, I'm not against Keegan this week just because yeah. the motivation's still there. Uh, he wants that Ryder Cup more than anything else. Right now he's seventh uh, in the point standings. Top six make it. Yeah. So he has a lot to play for. And he, uh, he's going to make the, to me, he's going to make the cut. Like he's just going to continue what he's doing, make the cut. And then it's, what does he do from there? It's up to you. Like Russell Henley, a great example last week, you knew he was going to be chalk. You knew it was for good reason. Like the, everything lined up for him. He makes the cut. He gets you 98 DraftKings points. He didn't get you 143 like Keegan Bradley because he didn't win. But even still, my point is, what what do you get from Keegan this week? I don't know, but I feel like he's definitely safe and fine to go to there at 9,200. So Tom, uh, the Korean contingent, your boys that use for cash, Kim, Matsuyama, M, Keegan, those are kind of the four that stood out in this range. But just to note quick too, you did mention one thing I wanted to go back to, like I talked earlier, but you could fade some of the big boys up top. The other angle though, and I talk about building in sets all the time is to also do similar to what our, our listener league winner did, but even more aggressive and play two of the guys up top, like two guys from JT up to Fino. You would then end up skipping Tom, Kim, Matsuyama, Sungjae, Cam Davis, Keegan. It feels pretty tough, but when you get to the 8k range, which by the way, you would also have to skip. We're going there in a second. Some of these names that you're like, ah, do I really want to pay that for them? There's guys in the 7Ks that are basically the same person that you could play. And so that's a strategy to use in a week like this 
and just hope the cream at the very top rises to the top and then goes against the so two separate ways that you can build building in sets. Anybody else in the nine K Kenny, if not, you can take us into this eight K range. AK range, you know, Aberg seems like he's going to be popular, but if you want to pivot, I really like Alex Smalling. Um, I know he was a fan of you. You were a fan of his last week. Um, I think he did all right. What did he finish? Top 30, top, top 20, something 29, like that. Or no, I think it was ninth. He just missed Not, the entry for me. That's what it was. He missed there uh, was, he yeah. 30 on so, 17, so, missed on 18 or something. Yeah. Nice little top 10 last week in the course with similar scoring conditions. The, the same green type uh, that he had last week and if you look uh let's see how he did on these greens uh last week at the travelers uh he actually gained strokes putting uh which you know doesn't happen for him too often uh and you look at it when you look at him when it goes to easy courses i mean third in opportunities gained uh in the last 50 rounds in this field top 10 in drafting points last 50 rounds in this field on easy courses uh, I like him as a pivot. I like him as a bet, 55 to 1, eight places each way. Uh, I went ahead and uh, got that. So hopefully maybe I can hit that one this week since you just missed. But outside of that, I mean, Harmon, again, I think you can go to just because of what happened last week, how strong he looked on a birdie fest course with Benton Poe Greens. Yeah. I can go back to Harmon, no problem. Um uh, and 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 maybe Hollywood Hoagie, stat-wise, he just pops hard. He hasn't been playing very good golf, but again, he's been playing more difficult courses. We get to these easier courses, some guys pop more, and Hoagie is one of those guys. Uh, so maybe he could pull a JT where he's been playing difficult courses, hasn't really been scoring very well. Once he gets to that nice, easy course, he, he goes back to what he was doing earlier in the year. Uh, so, so I like Hoagie as well, Tambo. Yeah, he's definitely one of the guys that I was going to say that I don't think ends up, even though the stats love him, because you have Jagger, who I'm about to talk about, Harmon, Aberg, Smalley, and then people have already mentioned Benny Ann. They like him bouncing back here. So um, there is other guys, Eckroat, right at 8K, that I just don't see how Hoagie ends up getting the ownership, even though another guy, Kenny, that pops into those results. When I go on the same thing, he's got a 32-round sample, and he's second overall. He's second in birdies or better. He's fourth on par fours. Uh, fourth with the putter on these easier courses somehow. First on approach. Second and, th- and third in the wedges and in, th- in those categories. I mean, he is looking pretty good across the board, but he will not pop on your projection sites and things like that. It's just in the stats only. So something to keep in mind there. A uh, Jagger, someone I always play. I think he came fifth here last year, if I recall correctly. I think it was fifth. Yeah, fifth place here. Not the best week last week, but just overall, it's always the putter with him. But clearly, he can find the putter at a course like this. He's a prime example. He's a guy that rate, rates on the easy courses 120th in this model I'm looking at, Kenny, for, for uh, putting on the easier courses. But it's the same easy course he played last year and came fifth. It's just, does he turn it on for the week? Prime example of what I was talking about earlier, because he rates out well everywhere else pretty much across the board. So at 8,900, I'm not sure how popular he'll get when people are already paying up for the guys above him. And then below, Aberg, Smalley, to me, are the guys that stand out as being popular uh, right now. I think Straka could be a good little pivot down there. Again, hit or miss with the putter and stuff, but you have to see uh, how he could do. And I know he's not known for like a birdie-making course, but again, Kenny turned on. He's got an 8th and 11th here before the two missed cuts the last couple of years. So it's just whatever Straka version you get. Did you have thoughts, though, on Benny Ann? Because what I will say, I talked in our Discord at Shipping Nation today about this because someone said, I'm all in, back in on this guy. I love um, the idea of going back to him, he's going to eat here. He didn't say they're all in. He said he's going to eat this week. 
And I said, the tough part for me, Kenny, and I usually discount injuries heavily. I never talk about them, but he was only like plus two through seven or nine at the U S open qualifier. Everyone assumed he quit for that reason. I mean, he had 27 more holes or more to play if he wanted to. He then withdrew from the event that week. I think it was the Canadian Open. Wasn't flying to Canada, whatever. Maybe that's the case. But then comes out of the Travelers, another course to score at last week. And what did he shoot? Like three under or something? He didn't, didn't make the cut, didn't do anything. He gets a weekend off, more rest. But do you have any interest in him? Because it's interesting that he pops a little bit in the stats, but on the projection sites and stuff, he does pop because of his recent results of 24th, 21st, 14th, and whatever before the the miscut and the WD. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him uh, this week. When it gets to easy courses, he just tends to not be as good. Um, uh, so I, I'm definitely not on him this week. I like the other two Koreans a lot better. Okay. Yeah, good Good to know. I just was curious if you saw anything that I didn't. But, uh, yeah, there's some guys uh, in the seven upper 7K range that are also right there that you can play as well. Go ahead, Tam. Who do you like? Yeah, a couple right off the top, just note again. I guess we didn't talk about Ekbrot at 8K. Uh, I mean, fine to go back to him if he gets hot and is scoring. That's kind of what Ekbrot does. So I think he was fine right there at four, at 8K even. But dropping down, I want to see how popular Justin Su gets. This was, uh, man, now I'm doing what you do. I, I always get these tidbits on Twitter. And somebody posted this. I think it was, I think it was Jeff, the fantasy grind, Jeff Ulrich. I, I think he posted this about Su has gained putting in like 10 straight events. Or something. So if you want a good putter and then hope he stays hot with the putter enough to make the cut, get through and score. Obviously, we know Justin So has talent. The stats actually don't show it over the X amount of time, but he's kind of just got hot recently, right? He's he's been okay these last few events. Like before last week, he was 27th, 41st, 16th, 26th. Last week is another guy that doesn't show as great in the numbers at a 56th place finish, but you could see something out of him here. So I think that's interesting. Um, Davis Riley has popped a little bit more lately. Last week looked okay again, so I think Davis Riley's interesting. Bo Hostler, I actually like. He's another guy that, again, you got to see what putter you get, but he he can definitely pop up. And if he does find a putter at 7,600, that's a pretty fair price. I always like Joey B. Bramlett. And then uh, J.J. Spawn at 7,500 as well. He came fifth year, no, eighth year last year, but his course history overall you talked about is good. And then his stats on these easier courses, he has 26 rounds, Kenny. On that same setup I talked about, and it's fourth in par four, eight with the short game, 12th tee to green, six on the short putts. Like he's solid in a bunch of stats and one of the better putters on the easier courses. So uh, JJ spawned around out that 7,500 and above. Yeah, I like Justin. So, I mean, you know, he's made 19 of his last 20 cuts. It's pretty fucking impressive uh, mm-hmm. for him. You know, he's getting a paycheck every week and getting all his four rounds. Uh, so that's something, you know, that's something to be said about that. Uh, I do like Bazidenhut a lot this week. I think he comes in uh, 11th in my model and strokes gain total on easy courses in the last 50 rounds. Um, so, again, easy course, really good on shorter par fours, uh, really good with his wedges, excellent from 5 to 15 feet. You're going to have to make a shit ton of bucks this week, and he's excellent from 5 to 15 feet. I like him at 70 to 1. Uh, this week, um, uh, I took that bet with eight places each way. Um, Davis Riley interests me just a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, someone that I can, you know, lots of birdies. The guy makes just a shit ton of birdies out there. Uh, if you're looking at a birdie barrage course, I feel like he could be one of them. Top five uh, in birdies are better. Gain top 10 in DraftKings points last 50 rounds in easy uh, conditions. 
Uh, so those are the two guys I like. I, I'll go back to Hubbard. Uh, I think you can get some flop lag on him, and the stats still line up really, really well. He had one bad week. I think he can, you know, shake it off, come back at half the ownership he was uh, last week at, you know, also $600 more. Uh, so you know his ownership is going to be less than what the the, the 15 of 18 percent he was, whatever. Uh, you know, as a 6,900 golfer last week, you're going to see a lot less uh, than that. Um, I mean, if you're into the bombing narrative, Sergeant $7,500 is going to be the longest guy out there. Uh, he's going to be the epitome of bomb and gouge this week. He's going to be sort of like a Bryson esque uh, going out there hitting driver as much as he can uh, because that is his biggest weapon. Uh, so, you know, if you're interested in that, we'll have to see. He hasn't really quite made my list yet, uh, but I will see. Uh, I, if we're going down below, I like Seaweed Doug uh, a lot. Give me Doug Gim. I think I think that was his fourth straight top 20, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this past week. Uh, top 15 in my model. Top 10 in opportunities gained. I'm really good from 10 to 15 feet putting really good from the proximities. I'm looking at both inside the top 25 in this field in the last 50 rounds from 125 to 150, 150 to 175. Uh, Nick Hardy, another guy who's been playing really, really good golf. Again, opportunities gained top 10, really strong. You got to have those birdie chances, top 25 and birdies are better. Uh, Ryan Palmer, 7,200. Had a really good showing last week. Really good tee to greens. Really good uh, approach stats last week. Again, another guy who excels at easier courses. Um, who else do you like down here in this lower 7K range, Tambo? This is my favorite range on the whole week. So, again, if you go with your 3 9K approach, you can end up here. If you go uh, a top guy like a Finau with a 9K and an 8K, you can land here. There's so many builds that can put you in this range. I think it's great because a lot of guys in here, Kenny, like you talked about, uh, I forgot Brandon Wu. Hubbard, who you mentioned, I like both those guys that I missed that were right there. Doug Gim, who you just talked about. I like Adam Shank quite a bit this week. Again, could see him get hot on some of these. Like, again, it's birdie fest. It's whichever version you get. I know he's more boom bust in this range. I liked Hardy last week. I'll like him again this week. I liked Lee Hodges last week. I like him again this week. Neesmith and Palmer. I'm just doing a couple guys sort of in each range. Um, who is the other guy for me here? Uh, Svensson. And then Will Gordon and Luke List are the kind of two guys to round it out. Kevin Yu, back from injury last week and crushed at 7K. So there's three or four more guys at the bottom that rounded out. There's, you know, 10 guys in just this one range from 7K up to 7,400, where there is, what, there's 30 guys this week. And I easily just named 10. Like, that's, again, if you land here, I got no problem with that. There's guys in the sixes we'll talk about. But this is my point, Kenny, about, again, it's going to be tough to fade Smalley, Aberg, uh, Matsuyama, Tom Kim, Sungjae, JT, all those. If you want to go like a Finau Fowler, a Finau Homa, or something like that, you end up having to skip all those names. But I'm not worried about where I land. It's more about do they come through for me at the top. That That's the more scary part to me because this range is loaded with options in, in the 7 to 7,400 alone, 30 guys in just one range. Let's go to the 6K range then. Uh, my final cash game cornerstone is going to be Grayson Sig at $6,700. I should probably light up a cigarette every time. If he's going to be my cash game cornerstone, <laughs> let me go ahead. Light the Sig for Grayson Sig. Uh, it's delicious. Okay. It might be the title. So, light, the, light the Sig. I like that. Light, one. light, light the Sig. There we go. So, um, you know, 
Uh, iron play has been good. Gained almost six strokes with his irons in the last two events. Top 20 at the Travelers. Uh, 14th in my model. Uh, no, 14th in strokes gained total on easy courses in the last 50 rounds in this field. He's 14th in this field in the last 50 uh, strokes gained total. Uh, the guy, uh, ball striking last week was excellent. He's gained, you know, 10 strokes total in his last two events. Uh, I like it as a punt play, a guy who goes out there and just does business on easy courses. 11th and birdie or better percentage uh, in this field, last 50 rounds on easy courses. You get a shootout, you want Grayson Singh. So my cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Tom Kim at 9,800, Deki Matsuyama at 9,600, Sung Jae at 9,400, and Grayson Sig at 6,700. Leaves you 14,5 to fill out the rest of your lineup with a couple of guys Tambo said is in, in his favorite range. So it's not that difficult to do. Another guy I do like here, Sam Ryder. Uh, Ryder has just been doing good at these like non-elevated events. Like, like he just pops like randomly all of a sudden and he'll have like random like eight strokes gain putting rounds uh, that just happens with him and it's not like random it happens like a fair amount of the time uh with Ryder and, and you look at Sam Ryder if you go golfers that who have played a minimum of 12 rounds in non-designated events he is third in strokes gain total third in stroke and in this field I'm sorry in this field uh, he is third in strokes gained total, um, you know, in non-designated events for golfers who have played more than 12 rounds. I mean, even if you cut that to four rounds, he's eighth in this field, uh, you know, in strokes gained total. So something about, uh, you know, playing to the level of competition is is what Samuel Ryder does. The competition isn't as strong this week. Uh, I expect him to do well. Uh, I think I got him at 150, eight places each way. I also got SIG 2, 225, eight places each way. I like those long shot bets. Um, other guys that I do like down here, um, who just who I think that makes some sense, Scott Stallings, when you're going course history. Uh, this guy, you know, makes the cut here every single year. Uh, he plays Trey Mullinax. If you're going with the bomber initiative, you know, he could palm it out there. He's top 20 in DraftKings points in easy uh, easy conditions in the last 50 rounds. So I like Mullinax uh, down here a lot. Uh, who do you like down here, Tambo? Right off the top, 6,900. Vincent the Eagler, double R Norman. Looks good. Stats look good. Like him on courses, you know, that set up this way. Four par fives, always a good thing for this guy. Making Eagles, we, we know that's an add-on bonus variance, but still... I definitely like him. I like your Stallings call, the course history. I think he pops some different nuggets down here on guys that I like that just stand out for whatever reason. Uh, was Mullinex was one who you mentioned. I don't mind your rider call. I don't hate that one. Sig, definitely a guy that I like down here. Don't even care if he gets somewhat popular. You still have guys like Zach Blair, who maybe people go back to after last week. Of the 4 or 5%, I'm saying it, it just keeps everybody in check. No one's going to be popular down here enough for it to matter. But this guy... Won't pop on any stats. I don't even know what he's really been up to lately. I want to see it. I think there's one stat he pops on, and it is the longer par fours. Not the greatest results recently, but long-term, just something I had on this guy. So it's my gut play is Henrik Norlander at 6,600. I think guys like him are, are interesting down here if you want to take a shot in these large field tournaments. 
And then there was somebody else too. That you, oh, Justin Lower was the other guy. I like your rider call, like I said, but Lower was also right there at the uh, 6,700 price point. Uh, he, he's got the stats to go with it. And Chad Ramey at 6,800, right above him. Uh, he won, what was it, like the Corrales or something? He's won on the easy courses before, played okay this past week. I know I was playing him in showdown some over the weekend. So just a couple more guys to take a shot on. Anybody else uh, down in this range you want to talk about? Maybe Snedeker, 6,300. Oh. It looks like he's back from injury. Of course, history here is pretty decent. He's had some spike rounds. I could go for a flyer for Sneds. What about uh, Kevin Streelman's long-lost cousin, Ross Steelman? I do not know who Ross Steelman is. Okay, let me tell you. I was going to go with the joke, with the Streelman joke, but I had to look this guy up for this part, Kenny, for the bit. He is number four. So no, number one on the PGA Tour U list is Aberg, for obvious reasons and good reasons. This guy is number four ahead of Sam Bennett and uh, and right there with the guy ADDC, the guy that just won on his first Corn Ferry Tour start. Uh, he's just That guy's only one spot ahead of him. Ross, Ross Steelman. In the field, man. Maybe maybe you want to get some Ross Steelman action. What is he, man? 6,100. 6,100 on him. And then who's the other guy you were you were talking about earlier that I was going to say? Oh, when you mentioned Sargent, going back up to him for two seconds. Man, this guy might just play carefree golf. Because uh, him and Zach Blair, I'll talk about one last thing and then we'll go to bets. But Sargent only has played in the Masters with all the pressure of low am. And then U.S. Open, similar pressure, but like at least he'd had an, a major under his belt. He saw Sam Bennett do it. Like he came out, I think he came 38th or 39th. He was solid still. But just to note, now he gets into a field where it's just like, go ahead and score. To your point of like a J, it's way smaller sample, way different levels. But saying like, now who gives a shit? Like just go out and play your game. See if you can score a bunch and take on these pros. Sergeant would be interesting. I know he's 7,500. You got to pay for it. But to keep that in mind. And then also... Uh, Zach Blair, not only did he lock up the money, I mean, carefree, the guy won 1.8, he basically won a PGA Tour event and came second or third in another on a normal week, which he's never done in his life, carefree. And then he's got like a major exemption. I think he has to come 31st or better this week to lock it up. So easy course. No, it's, he- it's already it's already locked with his 1.8 million. He'll, he'll, he'll get in the top 70, I would think. I right, isn't it the top seventy? You have to look it up, but he's yeah. not like you guys winning money before that. So double check. Yeah, it. true. But true. I, I think I saw it today. Underdog Golf posted it out. Was talking about maybe I missed it. And it was what he ended up getting because of it. I don't know, but I thought he needed one more finish. Double check that for me. But either way, uh, just of note, guys that might just play a little bit more carefree. To your point, uh, I, I definitely think that could be something. So uh, that's all I got for this week, Kenny. Sounds good. All right, so one and done. I'm going decky. Yep, I had your uh, entire. Cash game cornerstone list of Decky Kim M. And then if you have Finau Fowler, I think just blow them and waste them now while they're playing good and see what happens. Ooh, I might do Fowler since I'm fading him. Yeah, but I, I also thought of Homa for that reason. But like you said, maybe people pick up on Homa by the end of the week, but I just, I don't care. Like at this point, you got to collect your money and get your cash. I'm in 520th and like 537th. I need a big week in one of these things. And then I think I'm in like 800th. Finish strong. There's still yeah. opportunity, man. There's still opportunity. Mm-hmm. It just takes one couple week run and you're right up in the money, big time making cash and find your way up to the top. So we'll see. All right. So betting card for this week, Tim, why don't you go ahead first? Yeah. Nobody at the top yet. This is one thing I was going to say. I've struggled so bad with this these last few weeks of picking someone at the top. But for me, I got Hostler 75. I got Shank 90. Back to Lee Hodges at 90. Vincent Double R Norman at 110. Dylon Wu 
at 150. I didn't mention earlier, but I meant to mention him. I mentioned Brandon Wu and him both. Are f- I'm fine with them making birdies. And Norlander at 350, all with eight places. So um, six guys, all long shots. Going to wait and see what I do up top. I don't hate your decky call. I don't hate Homa at 20 to one. Like, again, maybe that's the way to set it up. But it's just not something I'm in love with here. I, I don't have a main choice up top. I got decky 18 to one. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to go ahead and take that. Alex Smalley, 55 to one with eight places. Bazeden Hoot, 70 to one, eight places. Um, Doug Gim, 90 to one, eight places. Um, Sam Ryder, 150 to one, eight places. Carson Young, who we didn't talk about, uh, 150 to one, eight places. I do like him. And then my last one is Grayson Sig, 225 to one, eight places. Yeah, Carson Young is just maybe the better Young. Now he's just the CEO. I know, right? Been incredible, man. It's nuts. He just continues to do his thing. So Eric Cole, by the way, was not here this week. He played like 12 weeks in a row, then goes and plays in like a, a member guest type of thing. Like whatever a mini tour event or some shit. Yeah, mini tour event is what it actually yeah. was. You're right. And we're 20K up top. He's always played in it, so I get it. But they're like, he's won like $3 million. He's absolutely crushing it. Oh, no, he's Twitter, I said man. it on Twitter. He's the white Sung JM. Yeah, he plays every just good out there, like no home, fuck a family. Why didn't he play this to... week though? This would be the this is a perfect I know, right? Like this is the week. Like he, he could probably win, right? I don't know. Even on but Sunday, I guess supposedly he plays ahead. in this mini tour event every year for like the longest yeah. time. That's what so they I say. guess. Yeah, so I guess and he also why. probably doesn't want to do Monday to Wednesday, whatever it was, and I think it was Monday to Wednesday or something, then have to go play. Yeah. In this, but man, he he, I was making fun of him for his short game, crushing me all last week, and then on Sunday he dialed it in a little bit with the irons too. So he was kind of, maybe it was full form. He might regret playing in the mini tour for twenty k as a as a reason to to skip this event. But either way, he's playing a lot of golf. He's been playing some good golf. Shout out to him, good talent. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else, Tama? Want me to do mine first? Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. The tidbits will be out on Wednesday, as always, free. On Twitter, just follow me at Totag and Tambo. And then, of course, the hashtag Shipper. You can check that on Twitter. You want to see some shippers, some big scores over the weekend, a lot of good ones. But you can go to ShipItNation.com. Check out our site, myself, Hoop, bunch of the team over there. We've got all the major sports up. You can get projections, content, everything that you want, everything you need to have success with DFS. Check it out. The community is great. If you hop in, tons of support and help to get you a better player at DFS. See you guys next week. Kenny, what do you got? You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my articles on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gups Corner. All right. Should be a fun week. We got still got a couple of weeks left till the final major. We're going to degen it out and do our thing. So let's win some motherfucking money. Degen Nation. Decky's going to win. Light the SIG. Light the SIG. Getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Jordan Belfer. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. 
Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.